Hey everyone, welcome back to Raising Unicorns by Harmon Brothers. And in today's episode, we break down what you need to know about visual effects and how they help your ads kick butt. Unicorns are real. In the past eight years, Harmon Brothers has helped raise five unicorns. Yes, that's five companies with a billion dollar valuation, with at least six more companies right on the cusp of becoming unicorns. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the lessons we've learned to help you grow your business by tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time to start raising a unicorn of your own. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's me, Keith, and I'm here with Bryson. Hello. Allie. Hi. <laughs> and we're going to talk about VFX for your marketing experience. Yes, sir. Maybe give our listeners a brief outline of the scope of VFX. What does it entail? VFX really entails everything that is created in the computer, not captured in camera. It goes everywhere from green screen replacements and set extensions. If you need to put a screen on a phone, removing things is a lot of what we do, removing microphones out of scenes and, and shots and stuff. And then it ranges to the really big, exciting stuff like explosions and physics simulations and talking dogs and stuff. A great thing to highlight, and you just recently made a VFX social post on this, is phone replacement for apps. It's one of the more common ones I do, especially as we work with a lot of companies that have apps on their phone or on a laptop and we want to display those or we want to show those. One of the most common questions I get as a visual effects artist and supervisor is what's the best way to prepare for those while you're on set? I'll say that it kind of can come down to your personal preference as a visual effects artist. So check with your visual effects supervisor, whoever it is on your project. But for me, my first preference is just to shoot the phone in real life. You can pull up the app on the phone and just film them using it. I think a while ago it was harder to do that with screen refresh rates and camera frame rates and stuff. So it made more sense to do it digitally. But now it's so easy to just have the real app on the real phone and you solve so many problems by doing that and you save so much time in post. You don't have to track the phone and put on a new screen and worry about the light shining on their fingers or their face. You don't have to worry about motion blur. You don't have to worry about the reflections on the screen. You just get all of it for real. It works great. Really? Yeah. This is news to me <laughs> that you're that I'm advocating against visual effects yeah. as a visual effects artist. Yeah. yeah why, why is that? The best visual effects are really when you don't have to use visual effects. <laughs> You'll see even big Hollywood movies, they brag about how they're doing it practically, you know, and they really put Leonardo DiCaprio out in the snow for six months just because it looks <laughs> it looks better and they could have done it on a set. <laughs> you can get really, really far with visual effects and they are improving every day, every year. But there is just so much that you get by doing stuff practically. And phone screens are an easy, easy, easy one. Better to just not waste your time in post doing digital screens when you can do them for real. Interesting. Yeah, I remember at least hearing upstairs the conversation between The Mandalorian and Andor. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a great conversation. <laughs> and I'll say I'm not an expert and I don't I'll scratch that. I am an expert. Don't tell them. I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'll say that I'm not personally involved in either of those shows, so I don't know exactly what they're doing. There's we, we can speculate. We do know that The Mandalorian relied heavily on this new, exciting technology where they have uh, an LED wall behind the actors. There are some great benefits that come with that. You can switch scenes in five minutes. You can, instead of flying from one side of the world to the other, you just load up the new scene and you're ready to go. It also 
does great with the light on their faces and the reflections in his helmet, which is shiny. And it looked fantastic. The Mandalorian is a beautiful show. Yeah, it looked great. I'm not bashing on that at all. I'd love to get more into that and love to see that technology continue to evolve and become more accessible. Andor seems to be taking a different approach where they're going back to some more traditional filmmaking techniques. They're shooting on location a lot more and you can feel it. It has a tangibility and an openness to the world that we haven't yet been able to quite replicate with that LED screen. There are pros and cons to both. I love both methods and I love both shows and they both look fantastic. It really comes down to the the project and what you're wanting to accomplish. Yeah, definitely. Kind of reminds me of we use the LED wall for Mm -hmm. one of our clients. Uh Uh-huh. Next vacay. I mean, benefits for that. I think it was sixes on cost if we were to travel the world. Yeah, because we were filming in Italy down in Machu Picchu, I think, right, was one of them. Yep. The other benefit was we were filming, I believe it was winter. Yep. We got all of those warm locations in a studio. (laughs) Yeah. We were able to do everything one location. No Leonardo DiCaprio-ing in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) The downside was renting the LED wall did cost. It's expensive. A lot of money. Yeah. It's a big, big learning curve. It's not something that you can just kind of jump right into and expect to nail the first time. Mm -hmm. One of our guys spent a lot of time researching and preparing and practicing and learning. It requires some unique programs and some unique application of those programs to make it all kind of work together with the camera, with the lighting on set. I wouldn't say it's quite accessible for the masses yet. I think in three, four, five years, it'll be much more common. I mean, if we've learned anything, it's that anything that is large scale can always be down-resed to the layman. One of the exciting things about VFX as an industry right now is that it's becoming so much more accessible. I've been doing this for about 15 years, and even in that time, it's gone from something that requires really expensive programs and a lot of formal training to now there are a lot of free programs, a lot of free training. YouTube is a treasure trove of information and training. And here at Harmon Brothers, we use a free program that's called Blender. That's what we use for all of our 3D. And it's completely free. Tons of training on YouTube. So it's really become accessible to anyone who wants to jump in and learn. can do so without spending a lot of money, without spending a lot of time going to university courses and all of that that it used to be. Mm -hmm. So I love that it's becoming more accessible. The tools, just cameras are becoming more and more affordable. Yeah. I think so too with VFX. So it's really exciting. On that kind of subject, what's been your favorite ad that you've done VFX for? Let's be honest. Most of our ads require some sort of VFX. Yeah. Whether it's a screen replacement or taking a standout. Mm -hmm. But I know you've also had some fun ones. What was it for Covenant Eyes? You put in like a sunrise. Uh Uh-huh. Kind of a time lapse. New York City where we were flying in and out of hotel windows. That was a lot of fun. I worked on the ad. Shout out to Tyler, though, who did that specific effect. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've done a lot of fun stuff. And that's one of my favorite things about working at Harmon Brothers is we get handed these crazy zany scripts <laughs> and then we get to figure out how to make it happen. Some of my recent favorites, Kodiak Cakes was a lot of fun because we filmed with a bear and then we had that bear, you know, interacting with our actors, rock climbing with our actors. We had our actors tossing things to him in the kitchen and he would swat them away and all of that kind of stuff is really fun to do. Yeah, with that, I've noticed that you've started picking up new technologies as well, such as the 3D model tools and things like that. Speaking of things that are becoming way more accessible, 3D scanning is one of those that almost anyone can do. All you really need is an iPhone 
or an Android, I'm sure. But there are free apps. There are paid apps that are a couple bucks a month that let you 3D scan either objects or your room and bring those into, like I said, a free program like Blender, where you can then do all of your 3D, but you're working with these 3D scanned assets. The real benefit of that is just saving you time and giving you realism much faster and cheaper. So one of the things our actor tossed a cereal box to the bear and he swatted it down. So while we were on set, I took out my phone, grabbed a 3D scan of the cereal box. It's basically taking pictures of it from all sides. And then the program compiles it all together, builds you this object, throws the actual materials and textures on, so you don't have to worry about any of that. And then you can play with that, bring it into your 3D program, have the bear hit it, and we had some Fruit Loops coming out of it as it hit the floor. <laughs> so it was a really fun effect, but I didn't have to waste time building this cereal box. It's not a complicated object to build. It's kind of just a cube with some pictures on the outside. So I could do it. You know, if I can save the time, then I can spend my time on really cleaning it up, really making it fun, adding those fruit loops, fun things like that. I get to yeah. spend my time on fun things. I know both of the Kodiak ads were pretty VFX heavy. Yeah. What made them VFX heavy? Both of our scripts for both of our Kodiak Cakes ads have involved a bear. <laughs> so that's always a fun complication when you're talking about how do we have actors interacting with a bear? How much can we have this bear do? On this last ad, we had a man riding the bear as one of our intros. Yeah. And that was a really fun one to pull off. And it required a lot of research and a lot of testing beforehand to figure out how do you apply the basic principles of, okay, we have a bear, we need to track it, and we need to put the actor on top of the bear. But it really took some finessing and experimenting to figure out the best angles to do that from, what looked the most real, how do we get the sway in his body to match the bear's gait, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was a really fun one to pull off. For even more context, actors could not be interacting with the bear in real life. Correct. With these specific bears. With the, Yeah. Yeah. I know some of the research we did leading up to this shot was, let's go on YouTube and look for some references of, are there any movies where there are people riding bears? And there are. Steve Carell rides a bear, I think, in one of his movies. And we were looking at some behind the scenes reference for that. Turns out they just had a stuntman riding a bear. And then they replaced <laughs> his head, which would have been great. But these bears weren't <laughs> trained to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It just totally depends on your actors and the specific circumstances. In this case, the bears. For most of the ad, the actors may have seen the bear, but from a distance. Mm -hmm. You had to go in and put the bear in different locations, such as on the cabin porch mm -hmm. or in the cabin itself or watching that sunrise as he's climbing the mountain yeah. or whatever. On a cliff face. Yeah. On a cliff face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the biggest important thing for those is matching the lighting. We were filming the bear outside in his little field. But when you're putting a bear inside, you really want to do the best you can to match the lighting. Yeah. So we were able to put a large screen over the bear's head so that he wasn't lit from the sky. Planning for that because we shot the bear first, and then we shot all of the actor stuff second. So we had to know where the bear was going to go and how to light the bear in advance. Dang, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. When working with clients and things like that, how often is it that they know that there's going to be a VFX shot involved? 
Um, as soon as the script is done, I think you should have a visual effects supervisor look it over. Some things are obvious. If you have a bear climbing a mountain, you can assume that's going to be some visual effects. Yeah. <laughs> Other things are not as obvious right out the gate. The sooner you can get a visual effects supervisor's eyes on the script, the better you're going to be. Like you were saying earlier, a lot of things are becoming more accessible. Camera prices, you can get a 6K cinema camera for the price of a mid-range DSLR, which is crazy. The apps that you talked about are free, or you can find some that are fairly cheap and have the learning curve. Yeah. How expensive is it to do VFX? Ooh, that's a good question, and it ranges from really, really cheap to really, really expensive. (laughs) If all you're doing is removing some microphones out of some shots, that's relatively cheap. Not even relative. That's a few hundred bucks. If you want a talking dog in your ad, that's going to be more money. (laughs) And that's what we did for... VidAngel. Yeah, we recently did an ad for VidAngel where they wanted the spokesperson to be a spokes dog. And the joke was that dogs are often naked and the joke was they use foul language all the time and their owners just don't care. But the owners do care about the content they're watching on their TV with their Mm -hmm. kids. So they thought it'd be funny to have this dog explaining all of the benefits of VidAngel and being able to filter and control what you watch. That was a large VFX project. (laughs) It was a very heavy VFX project, yeah. Probably cheaper than teaching the dog to talk. I haven't looked into the latest prices on that. (laughs) But yeah, that required a much larger team. We actually hired someone outside of Harmon Brothers who had contacts with a lot of Hollywood people. And we brought on artists who were really specialized at that kind of stuff, doing fur and hair and that kind of modeling where you could animate the jaw moving. Those are things that we here have a little less experience with because we don't do that very often. Mm -hmm. So we brought on a lot of experts, brought on a large team. And that was, I think, more in the tens of thousands of dollars. VFX can really range from 100, 200 to, I mean, ask any Hollywood movie, and they'll always want more budget for VFX. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you pay attention during credits, I know a lot of people don't. You yeah. should. Unpopular opinion. No, I'm but... with you. I think <laughs> I think your movie experience is elevated by sitting through the credits. Oh, absolutely. Should Plus... we talk about this for much longer? Because <laughs> I could go off. <laughs> it's a passion of mine. Oh, yeah. And the cool thing with the soundtrack during the credit scenes, it just tells the story again. You need the moment to decompress. Yeah. Appreciate the art that went into it. Yeah. And the artists that helped bring it to life. Yeah. One of the best things Marvel has done is tricking people into staying through the credits. Just in case there's an scene. That's fair. Get those artists there too, you know? The list for VFX artists. It can get long. It can get very long. Yeah. Especially when it comes to rotoscoping. Mm Mm-hmm. Those teams are massive, for especially Marvel movies. Uh Talk about what rotoscoping is. Rotoscoping is cutting out any element of your shot in order to put something behind it, in order to remove it. Imagine if you were cutting it out with scissors, you know, in order to put an explosion behind them and put them back on top. That's what rotoscoping is. We now do it digitally. If I'm correct, a lot of rotoscoping is not green screen. Yeah, different techniques for sure. If you have a green screen, the process for removing that green screen and separating the subject is different than rotoscoping. Rotoscoping generally describes going frame by frame, by hand, cutting out or masking out your character, your subject, whatever it is. It is much more similar to using an X-Acto knife and just going around the edges frame by frame. It's a very tedious process. I, I believe <laughs> it. And it takes a long time. There's some exciting advancements, though. We've talked a little bit about a lot of technologies that are becoming more accessible and making some of those tedious, boring 
tasks that are required much quicker, much more accessible. Artificial intelligence is kind of coming into this field, which is really exciting, where you can kind of tell the computer, look, this is my subject, and you can just kind of draw over them a little bit. And then the computer will extrapolate that and say, okay, I think I know where the edges are. And you can go much quicker through using artificial intelligence, separating your subject, which is really exciting. Thinking from the entrepreneur mind, the avenues to using VFX or when not to use VFX. Again, I'll advocate for getting a visual effects supervisor to look at your script as soon as you can. They'll be able to help point you to what will be best served by using visual effects and what will be best served by doing it practically. Again, we've talked about phone screens. I'm a big advocate for just shooting those for real. The one time that doesn't really work is if your client doesn't really know what they want on the screen yet. If they haven't yet nailed down the UI or the design of their app, that could be a good use case for still doing a digital screen later. Other things that I always advocate for doing practically are what we call fluid dynamics or fluid sims. Mm -hmm. Things like water, fire, smoke, anything that requires a lot of simulation and physics. They are possible in visual effects. They tend to require more expertise, more time, and more money. So anytime you can do those for real, a huge advocate for that. We did an ad for... The Chosen. We did an ad for The Chosen recently where our main character was to appear in a poof of smoke, kind of like a magician or a... He was a devil. Oh, so. interesting. And that one, I was a big advocate for doing the smoke for real on set. Well, he was walking out of it. So it was smoke interacting with your actor. All of that adds to the complexity if we were to do it in visual effects. And it was complex on set. We had to hire someone who knew how to do that safely, mm -hmm. an expert in that field. And so it did add to the time that it took on set, but I think it was absolutely worth it. The effect looked amazing when it was done, and it actually still required some effects. Basically, we had the actor standing on set, poof of smoke, and he steps through it. So we still had to do some VFX to remove him before the smoke happened. But the effect looked so much better because the smoke was for real, the interaction was for real, the lighting, we didn't have to worry about any of that. So anytime you've got things like explosions, smoke, water, those always tend to look better the more real you can do it. Got it. But again, have a visual effects supervisor look over your script and they can point you to, let's do this one practically. They might be able to say, here's what we are looking at cost-wise if we do it in VFX and really kind of guide you there. Yeah, that's something that we don't really talk about is for the most part, it's free to just get an estimate. Yeah, whether it's free or very cheap to contact a visual effects supervisor if you don't have one already on your team and just say, hey, would you look over the script and kind of give me some pointers as to what we're looking at here? What's the best way to pull some of these ideas off? Do we need to hire someone full time or to be on this crew? I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. There's definitely some things that you can learn for yourself looking out for those pointers. So on set, if you don't have the money to hire a VFX artist in the first place, at least getting yourself familiar with what kind of VFX you want to do for your ad, such as phone replacement. Mm -hmm. You put out a post about that and some yeah. pointers with that. I know for me on set, if we're doing a screen replacement for a phone or anything like that, we definitely want to be shooting at a higher frame rate because if not, I've had VFX artists very mad at me. <laughs> Yeah, and those are the kind of specific details that a VFX supervisor could really help you with, especially if you are planning to replace the screen later digitally. Filming with a higher frame rate can be really helpful because it cuts down on the blur, which can cause a lot of problems when you're trying to put a screen in. So things like that, absolutely, a, a visual effects supervisor can help point you towards. If you're just filming the phone screen for real, I would say use your normal frame rate. 
Yeah. But it's those little details that you don't know to think about until you've sat down and done a few hundred screen replacements. Yeah. But <laughs> How does VFX elevate an ad? Good question. I think there are two main categories of VFX, especially in the ads that we do. I think one is to clarify the message. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of VFX, either demonstrating the product, clarifying what the product is. We had an ad a while ago for BedJet, and we used a lot of VFX to show it's a fan that goes into your bed sheets to cool you down or heat you up. Awesome product. But we use a lot of VFX to show the airflow and how that kind of worked through your sheets and how it cooled you off. So that's the first category, I think, is clarifying your product. VFX can be very handy there. The other category would be making it memorable. That might be putting a bear in your ad or using tree woman as your spokesperson like we did for Next Vacay. They don't really serve to clarify the product, but they do make the ad very memorable, especially in those first few seconds when you're really trying to lock those eyeballs on the screen, right, and get people to watch your ad. So we use VFX a lot for our openers because it makes it very memorable, makes it very exciting to watch. So those two categories either clarify Clarifying your message or making it memorable. Those are two very important things when you're trying to sell. There might be a third category of invisible VFX where you're, again, removing microphones, doing green screen, making set sure extensions people where, are staying in the world that, you've, yeah, that you're presenting. If you're filming inside of a bus, for example, like we did recently, you're not going to actually be out driving the bus. So you put a green screen outside, extend the scene digitally, but hopefully that kind of stuff is invisible. People don't really think about it. It just serves the story. That one especially, the one that you're referencing for Lumi Biofilm? Yes. There was a lot of erasing a puppeteer as well yeah, in that one yeah. as well. One of our, uh, <laughs> we like to make our spokespeople not people. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a human lady, but her shirt was also interacting with her throughout the ad as a spokesperson. So it was a puppeted mouth on the shirt. So we went in, removed the stick that was puppeteering the mouth. But then we also added things like eyeballs and uh, eyebrows, lipstick to the mouth, all kinds of stuff to make it a more memorable character. So that would fall under the memorability kind of thing and also the invisible effects. What are some of guidelines that entrepreneurs can have as to how to avoid VFX? if it's too mm. expensive for them. Again, I'll say talk to a visual effects supervisor early on with your script and say, what can we do here? What can we do practically? If we don't have a VFX budget, how can we adjust the script and kind of get the same idea across? I think that's your best bet. It's hard to say guidelines that will fit in every situation with every script, with every ad, right? So that's fair. I'd say chat with a VFX guy. There you go. Let's wrap up by talking about some bullet points of what we learned. The meat of it that entrepreneurs can take away. Yeah, visual effects are awesome and they're becoming more and more accessible, which is really exciting. There is a learning curve involved. There's with a learning it. curve, but it, it is becoming easier and easier to involve some of these effects in your ad if you want to. Maybe my biggest piece of advice is to get a supervisor on board quickly right after the script is written or even as you're writing the script, definitely in pre-production, you may need them there on set. Just get them involved as early as you can. That will always elevate your VFX if you need to have VFX. The other bullet point might be focusing on those categories of, am I using VFX to clarify my message or make it more memorable? I think those are the two important roles of VFX in ad work like we do. I should have said this at the beginning. Something surprising to me is that every photo that you've ever seen Okay, not that you've ever seen, let's be honest, but a lot of photos that make it through advertising or that you see in magazines mm -hmm. go through a very heavy editing process. Right. And a lot of it 
is taking out people, mm -hmm. putting in things, coloring it. So it is immaculate mm -hmm. when you look at these pictures. VFX is very much the same way, except with the moving image. Right. We just deal with 24 images per second. Yeah. Yeah. You would actually be surprised at the amount of things that you watch that require visual effects. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm almost going to say that about 95% of what you watch has been touched by a VFX artist. In some capacity, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. 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 Whether it's taking out stands or... Almost every project we do requires some level of VFX. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fun. Cool. Well, thanks, Bryson. Absolutely. Tired of playing catch-up on your marketing approach? Plan your whole year of ad content with our video strategy in a day. The Harmon Brothers are known for their ad work with Lumi, Purple, and Skull Shaver. And now we're offering a 20-minute video that helps you strategize your best profit-pushing ad research, messaging, and testing for free. Because a win for great businesses is a win for all of us. Go to harmonbrothers.com forward slash video strategy to save future you a lot of stress with no pitch and nothing to buy.